Welcome to Trying Our Best, a mother-daughter good place podcast. Welcome back to Trying Our Best. Today we're going to talk about Season 1, Episode 5 of The Good Place. The title of this episode is Category 55, Emergency Doomsday Crisis. The first thing we see in this episode is that Eleanor is at the frozen yogurt place to order some frozen yogurt. But then she can't decide and she knows that it's going to take a long time. So she talks to the guy behind her and says, hey, why don't you go first? And then she gets really excited because she did a good thing and Chidi's um, teaching her is really paying off. Eleanor is really excited to share this information with Chidi, but when she gets back, she realizes that he's pretty unhappy, and we're going to explore why that is a little bit later in this episode. Tahani wants to help Michael with the sinkhole crisis, and then she finds out that the scoreboards are the good place. She is the second to last person. And then she gets really upset. So we have Chidi, who's really upset, and Tahani, who's really upset. And this is supposed to be paradise. So what's going on? We're going to explore all of that and the concept of utilitarianism, which is a philosophical idea that comes up in this episode of the show. So let's dive into all of these amazing questions. So one of the first things that I want to talk about is the fact that Chidi's lessons seem to be working for Eleanor. When she turns to the guy behind her in the frozen yogurt store and says, hey, you go first, that's a kind of selflessness that she never exhibited on Earth. And she recognizes that she made a choice without even realizing it to do the right thing, to be a good person. And so that suggests that you really can practice your way into being a better person if you make a conscious effort to make the choices that you know are right, you can make it become a habit. What do you think about that, Ayla? Are there any ways that you practice habits of being good? Well, I think that there are definitely lots of ways. For example, you might compliment someone's hair or hold the door open for people, maybe even give them lunch money. I have an example of something that some people think is kind of silly that I do. So we have one of those voice-activated Google Home Minis in our kitchen. And whenever I ask it to do something, what do I always say, Ayla? You say, hey, Google, please do this thing. So I make a conscious effort to always say please, even though it's to a robot. Now, this isn't because I think the robot has feelings or that I think the robot is really like a person or that I have to treat the robot well. But I don't want to lose the habit of asking for things politely just because I'm talking to a robot. I want my language to have the habit of always asking for things kindly. And um, some Googles, they have settings where you can make them not respond to you if you don't ask them politely. So one of the things that you could think about after today's episode is how do you enforce good habits in yourself? How do you make sure that you're interacting with the world the way that you want to. Now we are going to get to Eleanor and Chidi. Eleanor knows something is wrong, but Chidi refuses to tell her. And so she keeps asking and asking and asking, but finally Chidi tells her that the problem was her. 
Eleanor was like this big burden for him. He was in a good place. He should be enjoying his time. But all of his time was being sucked up helping Eleanor. And so Eleanor feels kind of guilty and angry. And so it turns into this sort of fight. Eleanor got really defensive, and the fight gets so big that Chidi's ready to storm out. He says he's going to move out. He won't talk to Eleanor anymore. And that's about to happen when Michael comes on and announces that he's quarantining the entire neighborhood because of the sinkhole situation. And Eleanor and Chidi are basically forced to stay in the house together where they don't talk for two days. But then Michael shows up with another couple that he says is going to room with them while they're trying to solve the crisis outside. And that sort of makes them have to talk to each other. And another situation is, is that Chidi sort of doesn't want Eleanor to stay. Because if Eleanor stays, then he's never going to get a true soulmate. And on Earth, he never found true love. He never got married. He was never really with somebody. So Chidi is facing a real dilemma because the better he does at his job and helps Eleanor get to stay at the good place by becoming a better person, the more he's hurting himself by ensuring that he's never going to get to meet his true soulmate, which is what he was promised when he made it into the good place. At the end, Eleanor feels sorry for him, and so she plans a day for him, and she gets this boat with a bunch of French poetry and all the things he loves, and a timeout card every time that... He needs a break from her. So Eleanor tells Chidi, I know we'll never be soulmates, but we are friends. So she's really recognizing that their relationship needs to be one built on mutual respect and helping each other out so that it can't always be about him helping her, that she also has to find ways to help and respect him and give him the things that he needs and wants in order for it to be a valid, meaningful friendship. So that brings us to our second topic of the day, Tahani. Michael leaves Tahani in a room with a really tempting, basically, computer that says top secret, and Tahani can't help herself. She opens it up, and she finds out all of the rankings for the people in the good place. She sees that Jason, well, who she still thinks is Gianyu, is ranked number two, and Eleanor is ranked number six, which makes her say, Oh, yeah, right. Like, she doesn't believe that. And she keeps looking for her name. Where does she find it, Ayla? Almost at the bottom of the board. Second to last. So Tahani really struggles with the fact that she's the second worst person in this entire neighborhood. So she's determined to try to get her scores up. So Tahani tries to do all she can to be a better person, to get her scores up. And so she... She makes this party for all the people that are stuck at her house. She um she stays up all night planning activities for them. She makes treats to take to Michael um, and the sinkhole. But her scores don't move. Finally, she finds out that the scores are frozen once your life on Earth is over. So it's not possible for for her to get a better score. And Michael tells her that she should be happy with where she's at because it proves that she was one of the best people in the entire world. But it's still not good enough for her. And we find out why when we get her flashback series. (laughs) 
spent her whole life feeling like that she was second best because her sister was always so much better than her and she felt like she was trying to keep up with her but she was always not as good as her. For example, she drew this beautiful picture of a bird and then her sister, Camilla, made a metallic bird, which her parents seemed to like more. So we find out that Tahani has fought and fought and fought to get out of her sister's shadow, but it never really happened. She wanted her parents to recognize her and to praise her for who she was. But the last flashback is her and her sister Camilla sitting with a lawyer as they go over their parents' will because their parents have passed away. And Tahani finds out that not only did they leave most of their best things to Camilla, but they also misspelled Tahani's name in the will. Just another sign of how much they didn't appreciate Tahani and didn't pay attention to her. She storms out saying that she doesn't need any of the money anyway. And we can see how hurt she is and how she's carried that hurt with her all the way into the afterlife. So I think that this is kind of her parents' fault and that they were failing at their job. Because part of parents' job is to pay attention to all of their kids. If they're planning to have more than one, then they have to pay attention to all of them. And also, let's go back to these birds. Let's say that Camilla was all about metallic arts and stuff, but Tahani just liked drawing. And her parents found building stuff more impressive. But Tahani liked to draw, so it's not also about what other people want you to do. It's that... Tahani liked to draw, and um, Camilla liked to sculpt things. One of the things that we talked about when we discussed these flashbacks is what does it mean to praise somebody? If we are praising someone, are we praising the results of their work or are we praising the effort that they put in? Because it seems that Tahani put a lot more effort into everything she did than her sister did. It seemed like most things came easy to her sister Camilla. So when we are praising the people around us, are we praising their efforts or only their results? And should we be praising their efforts a little bit more? Is it is it worth more when somebody has to really work for something than it is for somebody if it just comes easy for them? This also is for yourselves, too, because if you focus on how other people can do it, well, you'll never notice the work that you put into it. Like, like my climbing team. If I try this new climb and I might not get to the top, but somebody else got to the top on their first try, does that mean it, it doesn't matter that I tried? And you should still be proud of yourself for that work you put in. And you still have the results of that it made you stronger, it made you smarter, it made you have a better plan for next time, right? Yeah. This brings us to our question of the day. So go ahead and pause the podcast after you hear the question and think it over for a little bit. So our question is, do you have to be the best to be worthy of praise? So what do you think, Ayla? Do you have to be the best to be worthy of praise? 
I think that you don't have to be the best to be noticed. But isn't it the most fun to watch the person who does the best? Like, we watch those Ninja Warrior shows on TV, and I always want to watch the person who makes it all the way to the end. Okay. I'm just going to say. Who cares what other people think? You're you, and you get to choose what you do. I mean, you can put effort into getting to the end, but does it really matter if you don't? So you think that it's important for us to praise people even if they aren't necessarily producing the best final product because effort is worthwhile and effort makes a difference in the world? And sometimes uh, I'm seeing this game and they always make it to the end. I kind of like seeing them mess up. Tell me a little bit more about that. Why do you like seeing someone mess up? Well, it's a little more interesting, because if you win every time, it's kind of boring. So all of that tells us that maybe Tahani's quest to be perfect isn't really the right quest at all. Maybe instead you should be on a quest to just do the best that you can at the things that you love. And because Tahani was always chasing approval from her parents, from the world that was so obsessed with her sister, she didn't get time to really think about what she wanted to do or what made her feel the happiest. The final thing we're going to talk about from this episode is the idea of utilitarianism. Wait, so it's called utilitarian -ilum? Wait. Oh, oh, utilitarian. I'm just, I'm just going to call it usefulism. Usefulism makes sense because utilitarianism is based on the idea of utility, and utility is another word for usefulness. So the idea of utilitarianism is that the right choice is always the one that causes the most happiness or pleasure and the least harm. And when Chidi tells Eleanor this definition, she gets really excited and she's like, that's simple. Why didn't you just teach us that first? I can always make the right choice if I use that. But it turns out there are some problems with utilitarianism. It's supposed to be used for a very good thing, but it can be turned into a very bad thing. So in the show, Jason gives us an example where he once used utilitarianism to justify sending an innocent person to jail. He framed a woman for having stolen some stuff and then called the police on her just so his dance partner wouldn't move away with her to another city. And he said that he framed one innocent person to save a 60-person dance crew. So basically, in his mind, the harm to one person was outweighed by the help to 60 other people. But so is really a good thing, because he framed one innocent person who did not do anything, and that person must be really sad not really knowing why she's in jail, but his, all these 60 people are having fun. And on top of that, Jason himself did some really unethical things, including stealing the stuff to begin with and lying about it, which are both things that we know are not ethical actions. So this is what Chidi calls the utilitarian dilemma, which is that even though it seems like a simple way to help us make the best choices, utilitarianism can actually be used to justify some really bad choices. 
This is the end of our episode today. We look forward to speaking with you next week.